Welcome to Creative Conversations with Costume Designers. Oh my gosh, that was a lot. <laughs> well, us costume designers have a lot to say about what it looks like to tell stories with clothing. I'm your host, Mandy Line. I've been a costume designer for the last 22 years. During COVID-19 lockdown, I felt lost, not being able to make words on a page come to life through costume design. I decided to reach out to my peers, come to find that they felt the same way. I decided to seize the moment and start this podcast. We don't need a lockdown to want to be inspired, motivated, and entertained. So each week, tune in to hear amazing, (laughs) unexpected stories of what it looks like to be a costume designer to them. No one's story is the same. Trust me. Are you ready? I am. Let's do this. Each episode is brought to you by the Western Costume Company, your one-stop shop for all your costume needs. I'm going to admit, I have listened to this podcast five times. My next guest, Ellen Mirajnik, is epic. I cannot wait to share this interview with you. Let's do this. Hi. Hi, good afternoon, man. Good afternoon. You know what? I say good morning because I do wake up late because I was up until about 2.30 researching you. I couldn't stop. Oh, stop. Stop, stop, stop. I'm not kidding. I loved it. So first of all, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Ellen, it's my pleasure. I love what you're doing and I'm so honored to be here. Oh my God. I love this. So for you guys out there and for those students out there that have, you know, only heard of Ellen for her recent huge films. I'm going to take a minute. It may take a second, but I want to kind of run down your credits. If you don't mind, we're going to take a moment. All right. Uh, So all those people out there, you may not know what a pen and paper is, you young generation, but get it out, write it down because this is your homework. You're going to watch these movies. So we've got Maleficent, Greatest Showman, The Laundromat, Behind the Candelabra, which she got an Emmy and a Costume Designers Guild Award for. Then, these are the ones that I really want these students, because we, we're getting a lot of students tuning in, and for cool. yours especially, cool. really cool, right? Yeah, so, really cool. There was a couple of films that I didn't know that you had done, Strange Days. Yeah, that was a great film. I love that film. I really, really, I think it is, right? I, it's, it's kind of a forgotten, I won't say masterpiece, but I would say it's a forgotten gem that is so fun to watch. And actually, so much ahead of the ahead of its time. You nailed it because even with the, I mean, of course, the costumes, but the soundtrack, the color of Julia's hair, everything, everything, everything. and even what it was about, what it was about, and how virtual reality and etc. And it was and it was supposed to. I think we made it in 1995, and I believe it was. And what the storyline was, it was at the beginning of the millennium. Right, so no, it was it crazy. was out there. It really was, and I remember seeing it in the theater. And then I went home and dyed my hair red. I thought it was really <laughs> great. How There's cool. another movie that I became obsessed with that I've seen it. I probably said Unfaithful. Oh, that's a great film. That is a great film. It's one of my favorites. So Adrian Lyne is like sick. He's so great. Right, but, you was, know, I had he he named a character after me. Oh. Detective Mirajnik. Okay, I'm going to go back and watch it. We're going to, this is yeah, what I'm going to do really with that cool. movie. If it's on, and I tell my friends, it's like, it's a perfect couple that didn't have anything going wrong and they cheated and what mm-hmm. happened and then it went another direction. Sideways and upside down. It was very cool. Very so great good, film. So good. Uh, another film that I think also turned fashion on its head, an Oliver Stone movie, Wall Street. Without that a question. students really need to watch because how you dress Michael Douglas, you had to push the limit on his clothes, but it actually changed the way men in corporate dress. So students out there, you've got to watch Wall Street. Yeah, it definitely did. It was actually noted at that time, yeah. like a, a year later or six months later, when uh, there's actually a cute little story in that at six, um, I think it was released in December. In January, I was working on a film in Canada, and a reporter called from the LA Times and said, um, have you realized that everybody in LA, all the men 
that are 30 in LA um, are really identifying with the villain. They want to be the villain. They want to be Michael Douglas. And, and it wasn't that they wanted to be Michael Douglas. They wanted to be Gordon Gecko. Yeah. And, um, I just, I love, I love, love, love doing costumes for men. Um, and I did then and I still do now. But that being said, it, I actually received an award, if you will, for changing the face of men's fashion at that time. I but agree. it was great. I I just loved doing it because it was not a a, a, a film about men in suits. Do you know? No, what I, mean? I still we reference. I had a flashback on my show Travelers. He was my reference. If you look at American Psycho, that mm -hmm. was who they jumped yeah. off of. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I, be proud of yourself because that is just the, the test proud. of time. You should. And we're thanking all of so our stones. Be proud of just that. Alone. Just that. That's <laughs> just that for sure. Um, another one I think that students also should watch is Mulholland Falls. Do you really think so? Well, okay. Here's the thing. I. The hype was so big, and when I saw it, I was like, I don't know if I loved it. I remember. I didn't yeah. know if I loved it as yeah. much, but here's what I think. I think the cast, I like yeah. Mike, Michael Madsen, you and I can share stories. Woo! Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, Woo. I think, if anything, the lighting and your mm -hmm. work, I loved that because the movie didn't do as well as I anticipated to, but I, I think as far as the tailoring the cast, I, I still got something from it. You know, I still got a little, cool, cool, I, I did cool, no, cool. I, I really liked it. Cool. Um, here's a really, really quick story, which is funny. When I started the business, I worked for this ridiculous director named Jim Wornowski. He put out like 10 films a month and there was one called Starship Trooper. It was, I swear. Wait like, a second. You're, you did a film called Starship Trooper, like the Starship Trooper that we did. So I didn't know ahead, that at the same time they were making a movie called Starship Troopers. Oh, so oh, oh, oh. I got treated like gold everywhere. Like, when I got it, it was like, come on in, come on in. Now, I didn't get to see it for free, but I got the red carpet rolled out to me, and I'm like, oh, this is a piece of crap movie. <laughs> wow. I'm glad I could contribute to your ease. Please, thank you, because I think the movie had like $50,000. We had nothing but because of your oh, movie. Oh, that's sweet. Um, I thought about that later. Good. It was really funny. Um, career Achievement Award, like, mm -hmm. just, and I remember that moment because, oh, here comes Piggy. Come on. My cat's just, like, trying to get in my way. <laughs> I mean, what a huge moment to be able to receive that as, you know, you're, you're alive and you're still going. Like, congratulations on those credits. And students, there's tons more, so please look Ellen up. Uh, first of all, how, you know, how are you during this weird time you're in LA right now yeah I'm in LA now yeah I'm doing really okay I feel yeah. really good uh healthy not good yeah, um, right I I'm actually coming back to I was doing a film in London that's and coming okay. back to LA on the 15th or 15th of March March when we will all shut down um actually to be honest was really a it was kind of like a little present in a way right. because my brain had been going on hyperspeed for like three, three and a half years straight. Of course. Inclusive of course. up to the 13th of March. When into, the moment. Still, into the moment. Into the moment. And the film that I'm working on is not finished yet. It's, we only shot halfway. So, I was wondering, okay. Yeah, we only shot, we, I don't know what'll happen. Nobody really knows. No one exactly, knows. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I, I actually, so I came home and I kind of had a little staycation in a way. I chilled out. Um, I just found my just quiet place and my stillness again. I love began that. Began yoga, meditation, um, and just wanted to be, most importantly, at ease. Yeah. Because what what good was it going to do me any other way? It's I easy to let it in. Yeah. I just could not, could not. I did every single thing to, to put up a barrier to fear. No fear. Not I love interested in fear. Absolutely. I mean, I kind of lived my life like that. So this was just an acceleration of put that wall up quick. quick, quick no, quick, you, quick. Take, you take because the tools. I your just don't kit. want. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I just needed to really, really just bring it down, chill, find stillness. And do what I do as a ritual. 
and 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 it's been knock on wood. I mean, listen, there are days that I go, well, what is going on? Right, right. I am not a saint by any stretch. Yeah. But it's given me an opportunity to reflect and review a couple of things and what's important and and. Yeah where I want to be and how I want to do it, etc. Yeah, that's huge. You how know? we want to I always that. have like these millions of different things that I want to do. Of course. And then get caught up and not be able and to And then just goes away. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. So I really, really am very, uh, I'm, I have to say, in my own way, I'm enjoying this time. No, I'm hearing that. I don't that. like that my daughter's not here, but I, I was wondering, where's time. your daughter? Is she in New York? She's in New York. Okay. She's in okay. New York. That's, that's, she's in New York. She's hard. safe and sound. And Good. Everything's cool. Yes. And she's just a stunning, gorgeous actress. And my gosh, it's like all in the family. No, I've heard, I've heard from a lot of designers. I was talking to my friend Dana Pink and she was on this uh-huh. intense series. And right now, uh, taking a moment because we know what it looks like to get back into it and everything, mm-hmm. you know, goes haywire. But I hear that you're using these tools, you know, that you've honed through all these years to actually just get grounded because hopefully, you know, when we get back into, we can go back in with uh, not only being recharged, but a, a little more empathetic type of people. You know, that's what I'm hoping. Well, I think that the community and opening yourself up to others, you know, as costume designers, we work singularly. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, and to everybody out there, we're kind of like a, a, um, a lonely profession in a way. I don't mean we're lonely, but we, mm-hmm. we do it by ourselves with our teams and we really don't, uh, collaborate with other designers, which I wish we could. I really wish we could. People think uh, that people really think, wish do, we yeah, could. but we don't, we're very like, yeah, very singular. Yeah. And so it would, it's really nice. I always thought that it was really nice to be able to celebrate other designers, other designers who have worked their ass off to get to where they have to be, to even like on the ladder up. Everybody has had, you know, a story and their trials and tribulations, but you have to celebrate each other. And if you don't celebrate each other, then you're doing the whole costume design community a disservice i think that's and no just and it. human beings i mean as human beings as well but because we're united under this umbrella of aesthetic and uh costume design and aesthetics right. and right. everything um visual that we see at the forefront of the frame i just think I like to call somebody up and say, I loved your work. In fact, there is something I'm going to say now, because I was thinking about this the other day. And I won um, a Designers Guild Award this last year from Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, in the sci-fi fantasy category. And I I love the film. And I, 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 well, I love the work, the whole amount of work in the film. And I thought that um, it was great, you know, and... um, it was a hell of a time getting there, but it was oh, great. I can't even, you know, to be a fly on the wall of that movie. <laughs> oh, my God. That would have been, you'd have to, like, bring an the, army. You'd have to bring an army of flies to understand. <laughs> However, what I really wanted to say, and I yeah. did not say, for some reason or other, I was petrified. I was it's really in the nervous. Yeah. It was crazy. Of course. Um, but I wanted to say I need to share this award, mm. if not give this award, to Michael Kaplan. Michael Kaplan, in my opinion, is one of the most brilliant designers working today. And he, had, uh, yes, he received the Costume Designers um, Achievement, you know, right? Achievement Award yeah. that last year. However... His work on Star Wars, forget, I mean, his whole filmography is broken. Even the background. His, his work on, on Star Wars. Yeah. That trilogy was the most complete, brilliant, um, sci-fi fantasy, forget the category, film. Film. Film uh-huh. trilogy that one could watch. And I think that we've seen his costumes. We've had the ability to see them up close and so on and so forth. But his the recognition that he deserves yeah, yeah. for that completing that trilogy um, 
I just felt that I just should have said it in that moment because I've been thinking about it for like months. Well, here you go. This is perfect. Yeah, this I'm so happy. Great. I hope somebody tells him. I'll tell him as well. Yeah. But yeah. nonetheless, I think that his work is so sublime. And the credit, you know, big films sometimes never get, they either get recognized or right. they don't get recognized. They don't. It's one of the, yeah. Sure. It's one of the sure. other. And his work is
I, I've gotten so much response, mainly, uh, obviously, announcing you. I had this young generation and these professors cool. with this plethora of, this is why I'm in the business. This is why I got started. And it was oh, so, like so you said, genuinely, and that girl in the line genuinely meant, like, you changed my life. Like, contemporary, and all these contemporary designers, I know we're watching this. I've seen their names. It is just as hard to please everybody. It is just as hard to, you know, be the the master of what's right now. You know, there's pushback, there's back and forth. And so uh, her saying that and having the guts to say that to you and you, on the flip side, helping her as best as you can, I, I think that's the, to me, that's the only way. And this is the perfect example why these yeah. conversations have Are been really so important. important. Because, yeah. You know, everybody needs help. I need help. I mean, Mandy, I'm sure you need help. Oh, please. I'm doing this for me. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So we always have to be open to help each other and help our community. Huge. And now, particularly in this time of crazy change of world unknown, we really have to be open and be very wise about how we move forward, I feel. Because, you know... We do what we do, but our lives are very important, you know. I and, and that that leads me to one of my questions was okay. Since you know, it's perfect timing because we don't know. And number one, these vulnerable conversations and these stories are exactly what this platform is for. So I I could just listen to you all day. So thank you for offering these up. Yeah. Um, since we don't know, you know, what the future is going to look like, and I was also talking to another designer that's on here is. I know, we all know, things do have to change. We This dog and mm-hmm. pony show, these thousands of approvals before it goes to camera. We've got 10 minutes. We've got our crews running around, you know, at the malls, and it's closing. And I understand that this industry is very intense like that. But there was a point in your career where you became disheartened with the way that this industry looked. And then you started to work with Steven Sodenberg. And correct me if I'm wrong, but he kind of brought life back into someone that trusts you, that trusts this process. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that, and you know, when we get back into our work, that we can put, hopefully change, we need to put that forward. Do you go into your jobs, you know, in a different way that, you know, this trust has to be apparent? Does it Yeah, I think that trust is really the most, you know, um, to find the person or people that you want to collaborate with, part of the, aside from the talent or the project or what you can contribute and so on, it takes two to tango, Mm -hmm. or it takes many more in what we do. However, I think that it's most important for trust, that it's trust and respect. Yeah, and you can't you can't forget the respect part because a you have to respect that person as well. Both B it's it's two it's it's always both ways. But you know when I got the opportunity to work with Stephen, it was a time when I really did think that how many more years can I do this? Right, I can't do it anymore. It's I can't do boys in cars anymore. I can't do this. I can't oh, wait, do that. I think I like, I'm enough, enough, yeah. enough, enough. Yeah. But then I met Stephen, and Stephen, he changed my life because it was not only the project. The project yeah. was spectacular. Yeah. However, the way in which he works, he hires people who he will trust. That he that it, it's so huge. Yeah. That to work with someone, I remember the day I had to really kind of beg him. Yeah, yeah. Beg him to come by the office. Yeah. And have a look at a couple of photos because we didn't want to send anything over the uh, over the internet at that time. Right. Come by and look at something because I think we're on the same page, and I don't think. Um, right. You got to get this vote. Yeah. But don't you think? And he said, uh, okay. He was in and out of that office in five minutes. Because he knew. He, because he right? knows. He yeah. knows. He says one word. It is, and, and, and there's very little talking. Mm-hmm. It's very little talking. 
it's a very different relationship than I have had with, I would say probably any director because the kind of communication that he does, what I always find that's most important with in a collaboration yeah. is understanding who you're working with. There's a second, there's a third site that has to come into play. And so you have to be the Geiger counter, mm -hmm. more or less, to kind of, who am I working with? What are the habits? What are the right. films? How do what they is, work? How do they yeah. work? Yeah. What's the vision? What's my contribution? Do I understand it? What's expected? Right. And you run your own kind of test, I think. Yeah, no, true. To see how you get to communicate. And the thing that's so extraordinary about Stephen is that, I, I mean, I think that he's a visionary. And I think yeah. that he's a master artist. And I am always honored mm. to be part of that family. And I think that he and Greg Jacobs, Howard Cummings, it, it, the team is sublime. Right. And if I and, and when I was introduced to them and given the opportunity to do my work, yeah, and just work with ease, that was crazy. Yes, ease, uh, crazy. ease without tension. You were quoted saying, "Ease with, without tension." What a ease gift. without tension. What a gift. Ease without tension. And he really did change my life. And after that, after working with him that once, yeah, I said. I'm never going to do anything that I've done before. Love that. And hopefully I can work with Steven again. Right. But I am not going to work on boys with boys and cars with, or whatever it is mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. you know, I was kind of stuck in a rut doing over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And, and that, and I've been knock on wood fortunate enough to be able to hold to my crew. True. I mean, your work has been so different and so diverse. It's even me. I'm not near where you're at, but even when I get, uh, you know, a, approached with certain jobs, I'm not desperate anymore. I'm not taking just because like I need right. to know that they're a true collaborator and it's, I can't be proving myself after I get the job. I want to collaborate. Exactly. Exactly. You can't be running a test. Life is too I'm short. I'm good enough. I'm good enough. No, yeah, I, life is too short, and it's also, yes. a, and there's no time, you know. So anybody that is young and starting out, granted, you need experience. You need to build a resume. Need the experience of whatever it is that you can make. However, please do have enough respect for your own talent right. to be able to be an equal contributor True. to the project, because without it you're going to get like burnt out really, really quickly because you're going to always try to prove yourself, prove yourself, prove yourself, make sure you have a good team and have your, have self-esteem. And, you know, we take care of a lot of people when we do this job, but have really peace of mind and self-esteem. And I'm hearing that for from yourself. Yeah. I mean, I'm noticing that in myself, the older I get, it's, you know, we're just like scared to age, but I'm proud of what I'm gaining for myself. And uh, Sophie Amoruso, who started Nasty Gal, she did this talk mm -hmm. the other day about this generation is literally called the burnout generation. Mm -hmm. And she was saying... The generation? They were saying, uh, she said just this generation, maybe this decade, you know, in oh, okay. general, mm -hmm. calling it the burnout generation. And she apologized on live for saying that if you're not hustling intensely and giving up everything that you're nothing. And she apologized for saying, I meant do what you love and have respect. And you know, there's, there's a fine line because we're going to give 200. That's just what we do. That's what we do. But, but you know what I mean? And there's also, you got to watch the entitlement with the balance of experience. You know, I think that's, a fine I think balance. so. I think it's a fine balance. And I think that, you know, there's, there's something to, to having that power for you to be able to have your own, just don't forget your softness. Mm -hmm. And that's male mm -hmm. or female. Do not forget your softness. It isn't about that, let me get that motherfucker. No. It's, it's not. No, it's not about winning. It isn't it's about, about that. Yeah. People will want to work in, we work really fast, clearly. You know, we uh -huh. work in five, ten, whatever. But... 
people now especially will want to, I believe, work in a efficient and a softer manner. Right. And I, you know, I know I've grown with that. I've grown with uh, even just approaching you and I know when a director's on set, it's just the manner he doesn't want to be or she doesn't want to be abrupt. Look at this. Do this. It's a matter of, it's that fine line of, of you know. Read like the said, people. Read the people. I, read in tune. Some of the best advice I was given was look at your department and producers and directors as different children and different children have to be communicated in different ways. Some like exactly. That's some like great expression, advice. some like That's a great tone advice. and you start to learn through experience how to speak to people differently. I think that the greatest advice that yeah. you can, uh, that you can share is that just there's, you can't put it all in one, one ball. way. Nope. That Mandy, that is really brilliant advice. Yeah, really no, brilliant. I just, I, it was the creator of Pretty Little Liars, and she said, you know, Mandy, I thought that everything was my way, and then I realized after having children, you know, I, I can't talk to everybody the same way. And then then you find that person you click with where you don't got to say anything. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's the ones that you really, really do the most amount of work with. But the others still need to be communicated with. Right. And because our goal, truthfully, I love when I have other designers call me going, I can't get them to see it my way. And I said, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You just, you can get them to put that person in that blue cardigan that they hated 10 minutes ago. It's just in the way that you do it, you know. It's exactly in the it way really you is. do it. Exactly yeah. in the way. No, thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Um, To get to, uh, if this cuts us off, whatever, we'll get back to it. One of the things okay. is I really looked at some of the questions, and this was kind of just like, um, you know, a, a little fun question on the side. But okay. uh, uh, you have been this actress – um, has been quoted as saying, I have never looked so great except for when Ellen dressed me. This would be the undeniably gorgeous, not aging Sharon Stone. And um, in Basic Instinct, yeah. that white moment. Yeah. The white moment. Who, where, whose brain? Where did that come? I mean, a collaboration probably, but actress, director, producer, you. Was it a team effort or how did that moment No, I tell you. It was basically, it was based on the text, okay. what had to happen in the text. Okay. And there was a choreography to it. This was oh, yeah. what the, the inception was. That she goes to the closet. She has to change her clothes. He has to see her be naked. She strips bare. She has to step into the dress, move, get into the car. She has a, co you know, she has a wrap of some yeah, sort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she has to have as we go to the um, interrogation yeah. thing, enough freedom. She mm. has to have freedom in that it um, she can move. And she, what Sharon wanted was to be able to spread her arms, open her, not spread her legs, but yeah. be yeah. able to move yeah. as a guy moves in a chair. So that that was that that was the base for what we had to do. And um, you know, she was an ice Hitchcock blonde. And, um, and I like that. It's white looks good. <laughs> white looks good. I love white because white has a reflective quality and everything that's white does have a shadow side to it. Yeah. So basically that's why it was white. I, and, um, and it happens to work in the environment in the, oh, it in, did. It really interrogation. It everything into her. And I just, I just had a fascination with that color, and it, I knew that she would look really, really good in it. But the dress itself was, who would know that that dress would become so? Envious, I mean, you know, Halloween I costumes, it's, it's become ways wives to do their yes. husbands or their partners. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was, and 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 she was able to do all that she wants to do in that chair. Now that by, you say that, it just serve any purpose. Moving her arms and moving her legs, and and so there was drama in the extrem in her extremities. But this needed to be very simple. You know, I think that I would be say that I'm a designer that basically I'll really true. I have really bad eyes. I have really really bad vision. I have vision that is 
She's been three years old. That's it's, it's horrible, horrible, horrible vision. But what I do see, yeah, most clearly is silhouette, form, mm-hmm. and shape. And so I basically am not a designer who can really effectively do small little details. Right. No, I don't see like that. that makes and sense. I'm a painter at the same time. So it's That's always a, group, a bigger yeah. vision. So when it came to Sharon's dress, it was about a shape because that's all I needed because I needed her arms and legs right. to be able to do the movement. And um, and it wasn't on the nose sexy. It wasn't tight. It had this classy element. It had this money element. And speaking on that color white, I'll never forget. I was watching the first episode of The Nick. Mm-hmm. And all that was in my head, because sometimes we have to watch a movie and take the costume designer out of our head, right? We need to get into it. Mm-hmm. All that was in my head was how did Ellen and her dye team and her creating team, if students don't know this out there, different fabric dyes differently. So that means that all of what I saw, how did you get that that gray, that hue, that white to be balanced besides the lighting? I mean, was everything had to be made? How did you get that? A lot light? had to be made. A lot had to be made, yeah, because we, we used a, um, a, Howard is a brilliant production designer. Right. And he and I work really very, very um, much in symphony with yeah. one another. And um, so Stephen desperately wanted to shoot the neck originally in black and white. Oh, but right. no one, no one was really in favor of me. But you got that feel from it, though. Yes, and that was what it was that we were after. And the white had to be white. Remember, we're in a hospital and black and white. Yeah. Flores white. And it's all of those tones. So we made all of the principal wardrobe. Okay. And um, didn't make all of the background wardrobe because we were able to find quite a bit. Did you have to tech or you got to give them white? White. 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 I don't ever tech. I love it. I love I it. Don't, I mean, people don't, are not very happy about it sometimes, but I, if I tech, it's like a tech, don't tell anybody. Yeah, don't tell yeah. anybody because it's like, ooh, I teched it. Ooh, but, it's, but you know what? I like the crispness of white and what it does I in relation to everything else that you um, use. And it's used for a purpose. It's oh, not just, it even if it's a white shirt. It says you know what something. I mean? Totally. It no. Just, I like it quite a lot. I oh, like done. the softness of. I've, I've said before, oh, yeah, that's tech. That's a tech. I'll, I'll, because you know what? <laughs> no. I get it. Because you see it and it looks muddy. I'm like, I don't want to put that muddy color on there. No, it's okay. Speaking of putting things on camera, yeah. um, a very awesome costume designer uh, sent a question. And this was really you know, this is maybe within our community, but it's still something that's happened to all of us. Is there an outfit that you can remember at the 11th hour? They switched it. They did this. The actor didn't want it. Is there something that went on camera to live forever in history that we probably thought was fabulous that you're like, oh, I wish I would have done that. Or they took away that. Was there an outfit that you can remember going, oh man, how did that get on camera? But we would have never known. Like it was just something that you know, I've done that before, right, where you have to wing it. Well, I'll tell you, I, there's, like, one thing that comes to mind is um, the, the first part of The Greatest Showman, because I took it over three days before we started. I, I was going to get to that. You but had that, no time. But that, no, I had no time. So that was, like, a big old thing. In general. But actually, I can't remember anything off the top of my right. head, except I just did it. You haven't seen it yet. Okay. okay. In this new version of Cinderella. <gasps> and when is that coming out? Who knows? I hope it does come out. Oh, right. Because right now, why would we, how would we know? Cynthia yeah, Summers yeah. was talking about a fairy, you know, fairy tale show she hasn't done. So we're awaiting something like this. This is awesome. It's cool. It's, a, it's cool. It's, it's a fairy tale musical. And it comes at a time when um, it, it takes place in a fairy tale time. You know, that's cool. Um, but I don't, I can't remember a costume that really stood out. Well, right. I tell you, I tell you, there were a lot of costumes in Maleficent on Maleficent. 
that came at the last minute. Oh, it did? Oh, well, you know what? Your effort on that looked like it took forever. So kudos to you because every day. <laughs> I'm not I'll kidding you. about that. I'm, I'm Maleficent. I went to go see it in the theater. And then I, of course, looked it up, which I, students, if you watch a movie, if you go to a theater, you should, hopefully, we can get to do that. Look at the credits. Look at the costume designer that did it. That's how I learned about half the costume designers that I love. But after Maleficent, I remember looking at Michelle Pfeiffer's white and the beating and the... It's extraordinary. It the is. Craft, the craft that, I mean, I have to say so, because the craft that I just... Oh. There are so many magnificent artisans that worked on that show. Right. I mean, magnificent with capital letters. Right. That worked on that show. It was, uh, it, it was fabulous. It was the first time that I worked in London, and it was an amazing experience. The, all of the beating was done by an amazing woman named Catherine Avison, who was an extraordinary embroiderer and embellisher. Her, her, she's genius. She is. I mean, genius. every every corner, every inch of that is covered. How much do you think it weighed? I mean, it was so heavy. It right? actually, that dress, did, that oh, dress really? did not, it did not weigh that much. On um, Michelle Pfeiffer's little frame. Um, had you ever worked with Michelle before that? No, it was the first time. Wow. It was the very first time. What so all of her clothes, for example. Yeah. All of her clothes, for example, she came at the very end. Okay. And we only had two fittings with her. And um, that was, um, and a third one, frankly, when she came back to us, but just two fittings with okay. her um, to put the clothes on her. Wow. You just had to, you got to, okay, so that, that kind of leads me to an interesting question is, when you have that moment where you have the actor fly in, you've got to get it right, your process, and I still deal with this all the time, uh, is it mood boards, then sketch, then talk to the actor, or do you get everyone involved first and then do the sketch? No, basically, basically what I like to do is understand what the vision is. That's first and foremost. Um, even though I might have some of my own ideas. Of course. Of course. That's the beginning of the collaboration. What I'll do after that is continually image it. Okay. Continually, the the visual visual uh, establishing my own visual vocabulary for me and my assistants um, or assistant yeah. uh, and team is really really important. That this is the field that I want. This is where I'm going. This is and this like starts with a sketch for you, or is no? It, it starts with images. It starts yeah, with predetermined images. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes I will show you something. There is something that, like, uh, for example, like when it was, uh, I'll start with a doodle kind of like this. I was doodling something the other day. Yep. yep. Like that, right? That. Yes. Um, and Sharon Stone's white dress, for example, yeah. and the disco dress were done on napkins. Okay. They were never illustrated. I love it. They were it. done on napkins. I can draw, but I don't illustrate like they do. And difference, yeah. I just, I just make doodles and form and, and so on. And then from there, then from we'll there. Work yeah. it out. We'll yeah. work it out. But normally what I need to do is create a visual world for myself before it, so I can get it to sink in, sink in, sink in before right. I break down the characters. No, I don't. Because I, I do a big picture to a okay. small picture. There are designers who do a small picture to a big picture. No, I think this, just for me personally, I think sometimes that smaller picture, that time that it takes to get to that solo where we're going to move forward, I think that the bigger and the imagination gets honed in by the director, by the mm -hmm. actor, by, you know, and then you get to the, fabrics and the colors. I, you know, I love that process because even as, you know, I've been doing this 21 years, I still wonder how everyone gets to communicate, you know? Do I always need to involve my actors? Do I not? You know, it's like, it's a It depends line. on the, I think it always depends on, I don't think that there's any one way for right. any one. Each project is separate in my opinion. I think and so I think too. that, that it, it depends on your actors. It depends on your director. And their need for involvement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of times you have to be 
the you have to be the middleman between understanding what the director wants, understanding what, of course, what the actor wants, yeah, but understanding what the producer wants. All of everybody could be on different pages, totally. and you have to listen. The one thing they don't teach in film school, I, I mean, in fashion, so I mean, yeah, costume, all of it, yeah, costume, I mean is about communication mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. listening mm-hmm. and how to determine different Thinking. things. And I think it's so damn important because that's how young designers get lost. It's is not knowing yeah. how to listen to what others are being that others want. Yeah. And especially if everybody's at cross purposes. Oh, no, I, I had a supervisor once tell me, why can't you just tell them to wear that? And I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. No. If I, it doesn't, I think our, and hair and makeup will tell you too. You've got to be that psychologist. You've got to be that communicator to pick up on what they don't like, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. keep away. I mean, when I started to work with Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. I was basically yeah, done instinct. many films. I took I took him shopping because I had to see what this dude didn't like. Oh, interesting. And hey, he's probably not. I'm not saying he's the easiest, or you know, but he's he wasn't the easiest, and he didn't have great taste. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I love him to pieces, but it was okay. Okay, get it, get it, get it. And I've done a couple of pictures with him. You know, I had done a picture, a couple of pictures after Basic Instinct. But at least I knew who I was dealing with. Yeah. I mean, you don't always get that opportunity. Totally. I think you get to see what they need, too, and what they are lacking. Mm -hmm. Because, and that's another thing I think people forget with directors. They're trying to be all things at all time to all people. And like Soddenberg, when he comes in and barely says anything, it's because you are making his life easier. That's also our job. Our job is to also make Without a question. Without a question. In yeah. the laundromat, the laundromat was a very different kind of film that we were, wasn't really linear yeah. at the, at the, at the outset. And because of it, I mean, I had a particular point of view. Um, Howard had one. And so we didn't have different points of view yeah. on this film, but see, I wanted Gary and Antonio to be in the same thing all the time. I felt it was really most important to tell right. the story. Stephen wanted a different change every single time. So, you know, in the case, then Stephen has something in mind. So I will go. Stephen is lost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But you got very, you know, you got, you got the consistent silhouettes, you know, you got the shapes. And so I think that's a perfect example of of a collaboration at the same time, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think like you said, sometimes you have this younger generation, like Meredith and I was another designer. We were speaking once about a, a, a costume designer that had done two jobs and she's like, nope, I'm getting this money and this is how I'm going to do it. And it was very like intense on you guys. We, everyone's got to put their time in, see what works, see what doesn't and really educate themselves with on the job training. And you know, your absolutely. But also everybody too has to pay attention to in my opinion, just really my opinion is that, the way, you know, I've been doing it a long time, but yeah. I, I forget how long I've been doing it, to be honest with you, because I've lo- lost years in there. <laughs> but that's okay. I don't plan on giving it up anytime soon. That being said, reason. that being said, the thing that keeps me going in, yeah. is that I believe it's my curiosity. It's my curiosity Love for that. all things. Yeah, I don't only stay in the costume sphere. Mm-hmm. But and I like I I watch or pay attention to everything, and even if it's unfortunately news, <laughs> if, I don't say unfortunately it's relevant. News, all yeah. all different culture, all different music, all different art, and a lot of fashion, and I, I do use all of it combined in how I think about something because I don't think about it and and you know maybe that's maybe some people like my work some people don't like my work but I think about it in a way that best uh, best fulfills the director's vision of course and gives the actors everything that they are in need of and how I feel best tells the story because we're storytellers um right alongside of 
the director walking, right. working hand in hand, but also the audience has to understand it. And the audience, I always put myself mm-hmm. Me too. The, in, in the, the audience's yep. place and going, uh-huh, I'll, I'll get it. I'll, I'll get, get it. it. Even with writers, when we talk to writers, we have to remind them, like, why Why did you do it? Because they're not going to get it. And they're like, oh, yeah. Exactly. Because well, it's coming exactly. from. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's it's a it's a kind of a, a it's a fun thing because you know it's no two things are ever alike mm-hmm. you know God, no. um and I have been afforded knock on wood a lot of really really good opportunities yeah. and great challenges and and fun things however without my curiosity I like that you go back to that yeah and I think I, don't, I think it all I don't think that we've been talking today. No, I honestly, I think the curiosity for such a big designer like you is such a point for everyone out there that curiosity brings growth. Growth is going to bring more to your next project. And I love that you say you're taking in, I was talking to Pat Field once about, I had these teachers that said, stay dope. And right. what that meant was to me, stay relevant. You know, you're going to stay exactly. on your game in different ways, not just wardrobe, you know, not just Yeah, wardrobe. it's just, it's not about the clothes. Yeah. It's not about the clothing. It's not about the most perfect fabric necessarily, in my opinion. This yeah, is yeah, only no, my opinion. Um, it's not about the perfect this or the perfect that. Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. sometimes it does be a perfect button, but that's maybe in the mood that day. But totally. it's not about that. It's about... How does it all play, in my opinion? How does it all play together? Yep. What do I need? It's like making a stew. And so what, um, uh, creating a collage of absolute perfection yeah. in whatever way you can. And sometimes the inspiration comes from the strangest, strangest right. uh-huh. thought. And, and that's what's so fun and so inspired about what you can contribute to whatever it is that you're doing. So whether it, you know, whether it is costume or whether it is, you know, there's a lot of costume designers that want to become in total production designers as well. And so it's the entirety of, of the whole situation is so great, but we get a, we have the opportunity to play in the greatest playground, I love that you call it a playground. True, that True. that that you can can be part of, and it's it continues to change, which it for me is what I love. No two things are alike. No two times are alike. But the one thing that is consistent is the experience, and that's what you take along. That's your little bag. That's your toolkit. Is